Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. Old School, Jay Foreman joins us on the stream, but it's that time of day where Rico gets to tell us what's up. Do I have to play the music again? Yeah, you should. Okay. You really should. Play a little, we like the song. Play the music again. Yeah. Give me a second. I woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Telephone ring and you wanna chat. Well, sit on down and tell me what up with that. There you go. I feel better now. All right. Go ahead. Ran away, sir. My what's up? Yeah. UNK, University of Nebraska, Kearney. Division two national champs in wrestling. Shout out to my alma mater. That's not the only national champion. No, Wes Ferguson, national champion in the 800 for UNK. Mm. Shout out to Wes Ferguson. He also has, I think, the D2 record for fastest 800. He did that earlier this season. He's pretty good. How, how did the team He's do? He's pretty good. The team, um, I, I don't think they finished in like the top 10. They did okay. Okay. They did all right. Um, but yeah, to the national champion there. And then they had, so wrestling as a team, national champions, they won the national championship before the final day even started. <clears throat> so, uh, at 165, Matt Malcolm was the, nat- the lone national champion on the team and he finished as a five time all American COVID year. Well done. <laughs> oh, well done. Sam Turner at 149, uh, second place, three time all American Josh Portillo, 125, second place, four time all American. Lee Harrington, heavyweight, 285, big boy, fifth place, two-time All-American. Billy Higgins at 184, third place, first-time All-American. 174, Austin Eldridge, fourth place, two-time All-American. Nick James, 141, fifth place, two-time All-American. And finally, Wesley Dawkins at 133, third place, four-time All-American. Altogether, University of Nebraska Kearney Division II national champs took the trophy back home. Uh, had a nice police escort when they got back into Kearney and a, and a nice celebration at the Health and Sports Center. It was beautiful. So you're proud. I'm very proud. You're very, very happy. Proud. Okay. It's my alma mater. Shout out UNK, Lopers. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I had to give you your moment. I had to give you your moment. Deservedly so. All right, let's bring Jay Foreman in. And, Jay, I was asked this on, of course, the story is Tom Brady, and we'll get to Tom. Um, but I was asked this on the text line and I'm I'm gonna ask you. So the texture says, D P what did you think of the commander's trade for Carson Wentz? And he's a that last I can't I can't even oh. I couldn't even keep a straight face, man. <sighs> Dang Jay. When I saw that when I saw that come across there, I was I just laughed like that. I just started laughing, man. Cause I remember I remember D P looking at me crazy when I told you Carson Wentz is the consummate loser. He's a chump. He's a he's fool's gold. Remember that? Yeah. You were thinking, you were like, oh man, you're too hard on him. No, nah, man. I seen I seen him. I've seen it before. <sighs> this dude, he'll he, he'll do you. He'll get you all the way there, and he'll have some highlights and all that. But when it comes time to win a game, mm-hmm. right, to play the quarterback position to win a game, you don't want to do it. And the fact that he was a, for no reason, except for. I guess he came from North Dakota State and got to Philly and had a good, you know, three quarters of his first year. He felt like he could be, a, you know, a crappy teammate and, and wanted to operate on his own. And, you know, he tried to pull the big boy uh, uh, card. And, you know, when when uh, Nick Foles won it and, you know, and all that stuff and he needed one and didn't really celebrate. 
they'll let you know that he was done. And then he got down there to Indianapolis with the best running back in the game, probably one of the better offensive lines. He had a legitimate receiver and still couldn't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to get into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And um, you knew it was bad when the owner was upset. And then uh, the Colts GM, and this is a side point, that dude is somehow still have a job, and he has been making bad move after bad move at the quarterback position. Uh, Once he said he's like, we're not committed to anybody, you knew Carson Wentz was, uh, I hope he didn't buy a house. I'm sure he had like a rental, and that thing is up for rent right now. (laughs) Like, I... I'm still bothered by it. Like, days later, I'm still bothered by it. Because, okay, is he better than Heineke? Some people say you know, from, from base stats, he's better than Heineke based on running game, et cetera, and pure, pure numbers. But Washington also has Ryan Fitzpatrick still on the roster. Right. <laughs> like, it's... And, that's, and that's not the dude when you're Carson Wentz that you want on the roster. Right. He's going to have – because of Carson – or because uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to do Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick things. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a game or games or go on a, like a six-game streak. Um, or Carson Wentz isn't going to play well for a couple games. And that has nothing – maybe that doesn't really necessarily have to do with him. Um. And then you got this guy, you know, always over your, your back shoulder because he's a guy that everybody loves and everybody loves a backup quarterback. Now, I will say this. Besides my feeling on Carson Wentz not being very good, I do think he he is and will do well um, within reason for the commanders. And here's why. Uh, I love the receiver. Or I love the, the receivers. Mm-hmm. I love the I love the running back room. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I like their offensive line. And so – I think with 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 Coach Ron Rivera, with the his style of play, and I can't really because Frank Reich was was pretty good too. But I think with his style of play, he'll I'll say he'll try to keep Carson Wentz in a box and really, and, and this is hard to say because Frank Reich had a prior relationship with Carson Wentz, but he had a relationship with Carson with Carson Wentz when he was just new to the league, so nobody knew what they were facing. I think I think Ron Rivera will be able to get the most out of him by constantly coaching him and teaching him the game of football so he can actually perform better within, you know, his athletic ability because you know, he he has the arm, he can move. Um I think a little bit just with the turnovers as far as, you know, look he he was hit so much, you know, at, at different times at different places in his career, of course you're going to fumble the ball. Um so I think he can he can do well. Um I just think that he needs a, a, a certain coach where he doesn't have a lot of leeway. I think when he went with Frank Wright, Frank Wright probably gave him a little bit too much leeway and it kind of bit him in the butt, you know, in that playoff game or play-in game against Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I, I kept looking at this thing, and then we start thinking that there's some, there's some teams that still have a question mark at quarterback, which is just weird. But, okay, the draft's coming up, so you get a chance to fill. Do you think – more starters for the spots that are currently open will go to rookies from the draft or veterans like Tyrod Taylor, et cetera? Um, I, I like the veterans. Tyrod Taylor is a little bit different because I, I would have expected him to play a little bit better um, down in Houston. But I think, look, down there, I don't think anybody could have played well, even though somehow Mills played well down the stretch. But I think with this rookie class coming in, I'm, I'm willing to go with the veteran, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston. Um, you know, obviously, Kirk Cousins is off the trade market. Or, you know, obviously, Deshaun Watson is probably the number one guy to get if, if you're trying to, you know, 
upstart your franchise from the quarterback position. So, you know, I think it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you know, I like the guys coming out. I think they'll, you know, do well, but it's kind of almost like the transport portal, right? You want to, you have a known commodity, what they do well and don't do well. And maybe you can kind of, you know, rehab them a little bit faster than starting all the way over because you got to teach these rookies that, you know, the way it is in the NFL. So I like them. And, and, you know, I just wish with a lot of these quarterbacks, when you pick them up and they're not supposedly your franchise quarterback, why don't you treat them like your franchise quarterback? Because once you get a franchise quarterback, all the pieces that are in place for them to be, to do well earlier in their career. So like a Tyrod Taylor, why would you bring them down to Houston with no running game? Um, well, the offensive line is decent, no tight end game and no true one, one, uh, number one receiver. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And then you're expecting him to go out there and perform like, you know, like, a, you know, a little bit below Tom Brady and all of a sudden he can't play. And now, you know, you're going to roll the dice with, with Mills. And it, it just it just seems like you're these the, some of these NFL teams are paying these guys and they're paying them a lot of money mm-hmm. to come in there and do and play a position, but not giving them the 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 tools that they need to play the position, because um, the quarterback position is the hardest position to play uh, just on the surface let alone if you don't have all the pieces around him to be successful in the, and if you're talking about Tyrod Taylor, you know, it was reminiscent when, when we drafted David Carr, you know, we didn't, ha- we had, the, we had the worst offensive line in the league, which obviously, you know, led to him being sacked 82 times. And it was an NFL record. Um, had little, very little running attack. We didn't have a number one receiver and we finally drafted one, you know, a couple of years later and Andre Johnson, but up until then we didn't have anybody on offense that had, anybody on the scouting report on the opposing defenses worried about what they can and can't do uh, from an offensive explosion standpoint. So if you're going to pick up these guys, which I, that's what I was saying, Carson Wentz is set up, right? Where he has, a, you know, Gibson as the running back, you got McLaurin as the receiver, you got tight end, you got an offensive line that can, you know, move some people. So you can kind of, you know, kind of, you know, obviously three yards in the cloud of dust, but obviously you, you got a legitimate uh, running game. And then hopefully they're going to draft well as far as, you know, skill position. And if the defense gets healthy, right? You know, if the defense can be the two year two years ago defense, along with those guys on offense, you're looking at in that uh, NFC East. Ron Rivera isn't scared of anybody because you know the Dallas Cowboys. When it gets tight, if it comes down to the last two weeks of the season, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen, right? You know, with Mike McCarthy, he's going to mess up either coaching wise, clock management wise, or put too much pressure on Dak Prescott. Um, with Kellen Moore calling the plays and instead of running Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott down the stretch and you can pull out winning the A or winning the NFC East uh, just in a year's time. And then Carson Wentz will be uh, resurrected as a, you know, starting NFL quarterback. It's the name that is on the, you know, the lips of everybody. What happens with Sean Watson? Um, I, well, I think he's, uh, well, he's going to be playing this year. Um, I think it's a little sticky just because of, you know, the, uh, you know, obviously the legal situation. It's not even legal yet, right? It's kind of just all been, right. it's like been a year. It seems like it's been a year and a half of, you know, can you take this person's, uh, you know, witness that, you know, they're what they're saying. Oh, well, they actually were lying. Oh, well, we went down, you know, it was 25. Now it's down to like eight. And who knows when it really gets down to it. Is it going to be four? Um, when is, you know, the NFL is like, there's nothing, there's nothing legal against them. That's why they had to pay him mm-hmm. 28 million to sit at home. 
but I think that there's going to uh, work out a trade and it's going to, and, and, and I, if I'm a GM, I'm going to work out the trade and kind of obviously I'm sure they all have done their background, you know, their fact checking on what, you know, what's going on legally or what potentially could go on illegally. I think the trade will be like a two part trade. We're trading to get him and everything works out. If everything works out legally, then this is the compensation, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Say like two first round picks. But if it's not, then maybe it's a first-round pick and a sixth-round pick, and then just go from there. Because as much as Deshaun Watson wants to play somewhere else, Houston Texans need him to be gone as well. Um, and it's a situation that that spiraled out of control um, at a rapid pace, and it's been you know a black cloud you know over the organization for quite some time. Yeah, it's it's going to get way more weird before it gets settled. And we can guarantee that. We'll toward the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the tournament, where the women's were seated, who they got to face, and the men's side on what Jay thinks will happen. We'll find those things out when we come back to Old School. Watch Old School live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.